back to The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I am here again with my wonderful wife, Natasha Mason. Hello. And there she is, and we are back again. We've been um, AWOL, missing for quite some time now. I think, um, man, uh, someone mentioned today the last episode we did was back in May. So this is June, which is not too far away. Well, June's almost over. Yeah, June's it's almost July. I think um, July is coming up on us, and um, yeah, so time's getting away from us kind of quick. Um, if you've been with us, you know, from the beginning of the podcast, you'll know that we were um, covering a lot of different topics and a lot of different things in the Christian realm. And how do we respond to the world um, through the eyes of Christ and through Christianity itself? Uh, things have really changed in the last, man, this has just been a crazy year so far. Um, it's 2020 and everybody's, you know, there's a lot of people acting like the world's burning down and things are just out of control. And they're not technically wrong. It's pretty wild. Um, so it's, it's, I don't even know where to go from here. I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, uh, we're back and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some things that are happening in the world today, Um, Christian perspectives, things. How should we react to the world Um, will be really the topic of this uh, episode. So if you've got a lot of different things and a lot of different people around you, everybody's talking about something different um, from the coronavirus to um, the Black Lives Matter movement to just all kinds. I mean, those are the big two things that are right now, but there's all kinds of things changing in government. There's all kinds of things on the um, regional levels and within states and within the United States itself. There's things changing around the world. Very interestingly enough, today, um, some countries were debating whether or not to let, um, I'm sorry, I was going to say Christians, but they were debating whether or not to let Americans come into their country because the coronavirus is um, increasing in the United States. Um, so let's hit, we'll hit on that real quick for a minute. Um, I was thinking about that yesterday. I was out actually doing some gardening. Um, one of Natasha's favorite pastimes, we're out pulling weeds. Our garden has gone crazy. We got rain, you know, you, we got in there, we weeded it all. We thought we had it all gone and then it rained and all the grass sprung back up. So it's resilient. Um, but I was out there thinking yesterday, uh, it would be a really different world if we were unable to. Um, leave. Uh, just think about the the instance that say you're living in a country, and, and we always look at these things from the pra- pragmatic Christian perspective. Um, but if we're living in a world, uh, according to the description, the book of Revelation uh, tells us that in the last days, they will not be able to withstand, um, well, the Bible says they're not going to be able to withstand sound doctrine. They're not going to be able to withstand the truth. Um, the book of Jude talks about people being lovers of themselves um, and everyone doing what is right in their own eye. Um, so eventually, you know, in that time, you look at it where we've we've mentioned before, I can see a world, maybe not now, but maybe later on, uh, maybe after I'm, you know, 100 years from now, but I could see a world where Christianity becomes a problem for the majority of other people. Um, and then it would get to the point to where uh, it would almost be, you know, maybe it would be that same kind of an idea that these troublemakers should not be allowed to travel. They should not be allowed to move around and um, and really, I was thinking it would be really interesting. I mean, if you, if you were unable to say something bad happened here in America and you needed to leave, but all these other countries said, we're not going to let you come here. You You'd know. be stuck. You would be stuck here. Yeah. And, and the world itself, the way things are going, we keep, um, and everybody needs to understand, right? So sin is at the root cause of all of this. 
Sin is at the root cause of the coronavirus. Sin is at the root cause of the um, the killing of people by police officers. Um, it is it's sin is at the root of all of it because it goes back to the heart of who we are. It's the very heart of a man or a woman. It's the very core of who they are. It's what's in us. The Bible says that the heart is continually wicked. That's all it is. It's wickedness. Um, and we're so very careful to tell our even our children, don't follow your heart because your heart is going to lead you. Don't follow your feelings. I think is what being more specific. Yes. And and those things are derived from your your heart, where what you want, what you desire, um, and when we lead our lives through those those ways, we fall into sinful behaviors and sinful actions. Um, criminals act, react because of sin inside of them. They steal because they want, because they have this envy, this lust, this desire, this need to have something that's not theirs. And and people react um, aggressively toward one another or toward each other um, because some people get a, get a kick out of being in control. Some people get a kick out of the power and the position they have. And so they, uh, you know, everyone is subject to what they should say. And so that's the, you know, that's the side of, uh, we're kind of jumping to the police officer side of that, but as the, that's the side that the America is facing right now. And honestly, I think this is more of a, um, to me, um, as a Christian, because I think everyone and, and people are, can, you're going to get mad at me. Some of you might get mad at me. Some of you may not. Um, but, um, you know, the Bible says that there's now no Greek, no Jew, no Gentile. There's no difference to God. The Bible talks about a multitude of people who stand before the throne of God from every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. So when Christ, when Jesus comes into our lives, when he changes us, we become the children of God. The Bible makes a clear separation that there's the children of the devil and there's children of God. There's only two kinds of children in the world, children of God, children of the evil one. Um, So when we look at the world, when you look at the world through the glasses that a Christian does, we look at everyone and say, I don't want to recognize, I don't want to recognize your ethnicity. I don't want to recognize the tone of your skin. I don't want to recognize, I don't want to separate those things from people. I don't want to say you're any more important or you're any less important because of your skin tone. That to me is, is an unbiblical position because Christ has made us in him perfected and not us. We're not perfecting ourselves, but we're perfected through his righteousness. His righteousness has been imparted to us so that it has become, uh, it's become who we are. And when we look at the world, as Christians do, so much of the world, the world wants us to get on one side or the other. Um, and if you want to be honest in America, that's what we have right now. The world is screaming, you need to be on our side. If you're not on our side, you're, um, you're a racist. Um, and the other side says, well, you know, uh, you're not going to tell me what to do. You know, and it's, this, it's, it's these two sides fighting against each other. Um, and the, the Bible and the scripture says that we have no hope. We have no peace. We have no rest. Um, we have no deliverance. Apart from the gospel, apart from Jesus, nothing's going to get fixed. You know, I tried to explain this to someone the other day. I said, you know, if you go all the way back to Cain and Abel, that was a jealousy, a jealous situation of him being jealous of his brother pleasing the Lord. So he killed him over that. And you go later on, Moses marries an Ethiopian woman and everybody has a fit about that. Uh, Racism and those things have been around for thousands and thousands of years because you cannot purge what's in someone's heart apart from the gospel because that's what the gospel does. It comes in and it washes away that sin. It replaces the nature that we have a sinful nature, a godless nature with a nature that is controlled and led by the Holy Spirit of God. It dwells in us and it directs us to do what is right. So all these people out here saying, you know, 
You can say what you want. One group or another matters, and everybody does. I don't disagree with any of those statements. Um, I absolutely believe that uh, every single black life in America and on the planet matters, um, and every Asian life matters, every Jewish life matters, every Greek life matters, every Gentile life matters. Every single person's life has intrinsic value. In the scripture, though, it doesn't break it down by one group or another to say that this group is better than the other. It says we are the children of God, those who believe, and it is our job to love those who are not the children of God in hopes that they come to the Lord. Um, and so we, we look at these things that are going on in the world and it's a very difficult place to be because everybody wants to, one of the things we talked about, um, I think maybe a week or two ago, Natasha and I were talking, we we're talking about everybody has a, uh, the ability to share their opinion, right? This is what social networking does. Even the podcasting, we're, you know, we're not anybody huge or anybody famous. We're just two people in the middle of North Carolina trying to love the Lord and do what's right. And we have the ability to share our opinion and people listen. Um, whether maybe not a lot, but people listen. But this is very different than a hundred years ago, even fifty years ago, where people may have had an opinion, but it didn't really go outside of their circle of friends. It didn't go outside of their um, their immediate family. Well, just like I told you, I think now that pretty much the vast majority of people have access to the internet and they can go anywhere get any kind of information that they look for. Absolutely. When you and I were younger. If we didn't sit down and watch the news or read a newspaper, we had no clue right. no, <laughs> what was I, going right. on. You're right. And, and this is where I think we came out of the world where CNN was big because we grew up on that news cycle of where they fed us what they what the news media wanted us to to have and we we you know whether you disputed it or not whether you agreed with it or not um, the information that you gathered was mainly from a news source on a television before that it was a newspaper and radio broadcast now everything is coming through this little computer that we all have sitting in our desks or our phones probably our phones more than anything and it's giving us all this information out there and we've got to process it and we've got to figure out what is true and what is not we got to figure out, um, you know, what is relevant to my life. Um, and honestly, if me and you, so me and Natasha watch the nightly news here lately, we've been watching it just about every night because it's uh, interesting. a day behind. But. Yeah. Well, it's just what we are. Um, but do you think our lives, would we know what's going on if we weren't paying attention to social media or the news? No. Right. I don't think we would. We would see people with masks on walking around and all these COVID things. Uh, but we would definitely have to interact with other people more often to find out what is going on um, instead of sitting here and reading something from the Internet or, or whatever. Uh, but all that, all that goes back to, you know, what I was saying is that in the position that we are in the as a, a believer in Jesus Christ, you can't wait on your pastor. You can't wait on your church leader, your Bible group leader, your Bible study leader, your youth pastor, anybody. You can't wait on those people to give you a biblical position. You need to know what the biblical position is. Is that John three sixteen for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. It doesn't say that God so loved the um, you know the people living in the Alps, the Swiss Alps. It doesn't say that He well He loved the world you know down in El Salvador and Ecuador. except for these people. Exactly. He doesn't say that He He doesn't exclude anyone. Um, the Scripture says that He loved the world, and that's the people that are on it then, and that is the people that are on it now. Um, and the thing that we need to say, you know, I heard somebody say the other day, um, it was it was ridiculous, but they said, we don't need people going out uh, while all these people are out protesting. We don't need people out sharing the gospel. We need people standing with them and affirming what they're saying. And I'm like, no, the answer to your problem is the gospel. Well, again, it all comes back to what do we always look at each other and say, 
does the truth really matter? Absolutely. Because the gospel is the only thing that corrects the heart of America. It's the only thing that fixes America. It's the only thing, you know, the divide between um, the the left and right, if we go politically speaking. Um, Typically, there's people on the left who believe that they know God, and there's people on the right who typically believe they know God. Um, And everyone has built a God unto themselves, one that they want to worship, one that they agree with, one that stands on their side when they they talk about abortion and things like that. You know, well, my God doesn't have a problem with it. You know, I'm like, I'm looking at my Bible trying to figure out which one that is. Um, We're talking about who are we talking about here? Um, So, you know, everybody's building these things under themselves when the simple truth of the matter is subjection to the will of God is to give your life to Jesus Christ. And without doing that, you're going to have turmoil in your life. You're going to have a hard time. You're always going to have, you're going to be looking for problems. You're going to be looking for people to fight with. You're going to be dissatisfied. You're going to be depressed. You're going to be, I mean, there are people who are um, are facing, I, I read today, there was a young girl off of TikTok, very famous. Girl, I don't know her, never heard of her, 16 years old, committed suicide. What did she need in her life? What did she need? She needed Jesus. That's what she needed. Does that keep us from hurting ourselves or committing suicide? I can't answer that question. But I know that your life is full of more peace when you have them than it is when you don't. And the things that we want to do to ourselves are the things that the world tells us and the pressure they put upon us. Those pressures are, are, are less and maybe easily more controlled when we have a God who cares about us. And we know that my importance is not based upon what someone else thinks of me. And the whole overall arc of all of what I'm saying is that is the gospel. It is the gospel. It is the gospel. And I, and I don't understand, you know, if, you're, if your congregation is sitting back wanting to talk about... Um, social equality and social uh, inequities and things like that. I get those conversations, but the number one thing that needs to be handed out to people right now is the gospel because they're hurting and they need that. That's what they need. You know, the government's going to take forever to do anything. People are going to march and protest and scream and holler forever, and I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm just saying you're going to be doing it for a long time. You always have been. But what you really need is someone who can change your heart, someone who can come in and make you feel okay with who you are and make you feel okay with the God of the universe. And when you get to that place, it changes your perspective as to being angry with other people, as to being upset with other people. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult situation. Right. Oh, nice. So I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, when you get to speaking about all these things, it's tough because there are people who, um, there are people this past week who have lost their jobs. I read an article about someone who disagreed with some of the protests and, um, they had posted it on their Facebook and they lost their job with their company because the company didn't let, there wasn't, they didn't say anything offensive. It was just, I think they put up there something they didn't agree and people just are not willing to. Well, you have your social media, which supposedly freedom of speech but to a certain extent. It's when people start to say, Oh, well I work here. And the first thing that people do when they don't agree with something that you've posted, well, this person is they go on and they see right. where are you working? I'm going to complain and no. I'm going to try to get you fired. I'm basically. not disagreeing with that, but that person didn't say I work here and here's what I'm saying. Um, they had a Facebook page and they basically said I don't agree with. I've got a beard here that is going up my nose and drive me crazy. Um, they said they said uh, I, I, they didn't say anything about where they work. They just said I don't agree with this, that or the other. And the company they were work for is like, well, you don't need to work here anymore. And got rid of them, um, and it's really it's it, we're beca- and that that I bring that story up because that is the to me that is the future of what we're seeing. So if you're a Christian and you're in the workplace, and maybe we've discussed this before, I don't know. 
Um, and we have to some degree because both of us work in uh, the secular industry. Um, but in the workplace that we work, um, this past week I was eating lunch with everyone where I work and somebody made a joke and said, oh, aren't you going to bless the food? You know, uh, they made it and they don't. Well, because you are, quote unquote, the token Christian. Okay. That may be true. But I told them, you know, I, I, I bless mine, but I don't, you know, it's it's the workplace. People, I don't get into that with some of them because it, it's the workplace. But it's not a fear of, you know, when it comes down to telling someone the gospel, I could care less. I, I'm going to tell them if the Lord's laying on my heart to share with someone, I'm going to share with them. I've done it many times and I've do, I will continue to do it, whether or not it's um, advantageous for my uh, working life or not, right? It's not because this is the the thing, right? So if you're working and you're in the secular world, um, you're, the definition of who you are is not defined by what you do. I'm not defined by the job that I have. I'm not Brad, the manager uh, who happens to be a Christian. You know, I, that's not the way I look at myself. It's not Brad, these things first, and then he's a Christian second. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't fall at the backside of all of it. Well, a Christian is the big umbrella that everything else falls under. Correct. Um, but that does come first. It's Brad, who is the believer, who is the Christian, who loves the Lord, is a manager. You know, it's that that second step of, that follows after that first step of my life of who I really am. Um, and so I don't walk in that line. But I do see the world, if you look around us, the world is wanting to control that line. They're wanting to control that thought process and that idea to say that you need to follow along with our um, business position or um, face losing your job. You know, and, and and maybe to to political think that that idea of, of agreeing with our p- political stance um, that makes a little sense. But I think in the in the bigger broader spectrum of things, uh, telling people that you know you've got to you can't talk about certain issues because we don't agree with that. You know, this is your social life. Yes, that is your social world. Yes, but you can't tell them you don't believe that. We we you know we don't believe that. So we're gonna have to let you go. And I think that puts a real fear on people to live uh, free because I, honestly, apart from Christianity, let's put that to the side. I, I think if you're in fear of losing your job because your personal views don't align with the company you work for uh, and they fire you for that, that's absolutely wrong. As long as you operate within the si- inside the guidelines of the company's operation, right? right? Their policies. Exactly. As long as you're operating inside those policies, what you're doing outside of that's nobody's business but yours. Um, and that is, that's, that's America. I'm that's saying how that's it freedom. should be. That's absolutely how, but, but the climate is changing in such a way that, that thinking, um, you know, there's thinking, no tolerance for a differing no, opinion. No, 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 not one at way all. or the other. No. And, and that all goes, we talked about hate speech, Boy, we're hitting a lot of subjects today. Um, but we talked about hate speech, you know, and I, I think I posted on Facebook two weeks ago this past week um, that I'm okay with hate speech. I don't like it. I might not agree with some of the things that people say, but in order for me to have my freedoms to say what I want to say, which I believe to be the truth of, of the, the matter, God's word, if I want to preach that to people, if I want to read the Bible verses or share it with other folks, and I want that freedom to do that, that means other people are going to have to have the freedom to say some ugly things that I don't like. Um, and that's what the freedom of speech is all about. And so we get in these ideas where people say, well, that's hate this and that's hate speech and that's hate thought and that's a hate action and a hate crime. And, you know, there's all these ideas. And really, honestly, it comes back to, <clears throat> excuse me, um, it comes back to this simple point. And maybe you agree with or disagree with me on this. Who gets to determine what hate, not anything else, who determines what hate is? Where did that come from? Who gets to determine what hate is? 
See, this is at the root core of all that argument is that, you know, you're going to have all these people telling you all these different things or hate this and hate that. Who determined what hate was? Did the society determine that? Did a person, is, does an individual have the right to determine what's hateful and what is not? Or does it come from a higher authority, an absolute that says this is hate? You know, Jesus said, if you have hate in your heart for someone else, that is the same as murder. He set a defining, finite thing. If you have hate in your heart, he got to set that. God got to set the standard of what hate well, was. Well, he's the moral law giver. Correct. So, but we we're walking around in a world full of people who reject the moral law of God, but they want to try and use those ideas to enforce their own personal opinions. Um, so when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, if someone honestly... People could say, here's the, and here's the deal. You could say whatever you want to say. It could be absolutely, utterly ugly. But it doesn't have to offend anyone if they don't let it. Right? The Bible says we're not supposed to let things offend us. We shouldn't have people offending us. There's nothing that should offend a believer. Because once you understand the position of the world, that they're in sin and they're living in wickedness, and that they're living apart from God, why should you expect anything different? I mean, it's, it's almost like, you know, expecting your dog who is an animal to put on pants every day. It's not going to happen. Why do you expect that? Why would you get up every day and be upset that your dog has not put pants on? I cannot believe I put them out and you didn't put them on. I've got a belt and there's a shirt. What are you doing? And you look at it and you say, that's an animal. That's not going to behave any differently. And sin in our hearts does that to us. If we are, you know, when we're apart from God, we're controlled by that. And our nature is sinful. And we react and we live in a sinful nature. And as a believer, we should see that. And you should view that. We should see the world that way, that they're lost and undone. And it is not a position of a, um, I'm up here and you're down here type of thing. It is this position of, I've got to help them. I need to help them. I want to go and give them the gospel so they don't have to live in that. You know, the Bible talks about it being like slaves bound in chains and how we're set free from that. But now, because God has purchased us, now we're a slave unto God. We are owned by him. He bought us. He paid for us with a price. Um, and so we live unto him. But, you know, it, hate, this, this idea of, of this, this is hateful and that is hateful and that is hateful and those over there... Those are just words. You can say that stuff all day long. And, and, you know, from the Christian believer's heart, we look at it and go, it might be sad and it might be, eh, it really wasn't nice to say, you know. But when it comes down to being hateful or not, I don't really care. It's not going to hurt my heart. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to make me so angry that I want to go hurt somebody else. Or um, There's a lot of ugliness out there. There just really is. And it comes from all positions and all sides and everyone. Um, but the, the goal of us as the believer should always be, light and salt. That is who we are. And uh, we've got to offer that to the world. And if we can't get around to offering that to them, then there's nothing else we can give them that's going to help them. Um, you know, you want my prediction of where these things go? They keep going. They don't stop. It continues on. Things happen. People are going to be mad. And this is the way society's been rolling for the last couple thousand years, and it's going to continue. We will never be able to legislate Morality. Exactly. Moral behavior. We're not going to be able to legislate moral behavior because no one can agree where that comes from. And until well, you agree. Well, I think everyone wants to be like oh, a gasp, like, oh, I can't believe they would say that. Oh, I can't believe they would do that. Are you, I mean, really? Why are you surprised? Right. And, and apart from, uh, and we've talked about this, apart from Christ, apart from God, apart from that relationship, every single person on this planet is capable of doing the absolute worst thing you could imagine. 
I mean, it is it is this thing of being surprised that these people do wicked things or that, you know, when you hear that someone was cheating on their wife or husband and people are like, oh, I can't believe they would do that. And you're like, well, you know, yeah, that's what people can do when their hearts are far from God. They can do whatever. And when they don't hold on to him. Yeah. And we don't stay close to him. If we don't stay close to him, then we're capable of doing the worst. Um, so anyway, this has been a uh, just an all over the world type Mish-mash. of yeah, episode. Um, really hadn't got into a lot of scripture here, but we hopefully will get back into the swing of the podcast. Um, we're appreciative of those who have missed us. Mr. Travis Fisher, thanks for commenting. What's up? I think you, you, you motivated Natasha. So, um, But anyway, <laughs> we're glad to be back doing this. Hopefully we can keep it going. Um, we're going to get into Acts chapter 18 this week. Um, we're going to get through the book of Acts. It's we gonna promise. Happen. We'll get through it. It'll happen. And uh, we'll keep going on. So from us to you and everybody else in the world, continue to pray, continue to stay faithful, continue to share the gospel, because that is the only single thing that is going to save this world, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is the most loving thing you can do for someone. Absolutely. All right. So we'll talk to you later. Bye.